Well, I mean, we might as well start some type, right? So uh, before I start, I want to know who's in the room. So who is a lead pastor in here? Okay, Pastor Mike, Pastor Tim, who else? Are you someone else? Okay, what about um, on staff at a church? So you get you get actually funded, like they put some money in your bank account. Okay, Ron, Alexis, you, you do too? A little bit. All right, what church are you at? We got to talk to him. So, anyway, what's your name? My name's Josh. Josh what? Buck. Josh what? Buck. Buck. Okay, good to meet you, Josh Buck. So, then who else is in the room? So, what else do you guys do? Just. Okay. Church planting. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, you keep Pastor Tim in order. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent. I I know. Yep, I know who you are. And then um, why don't you say so, Robert, so people know. Good, good. What about you, Dex? Is it Don? Of which church? Tiffin. Okay, good. What about you, ladies? Where's Cornerstone? In Falls. Where's Duncan Falls? Uh, <laughs> you know where Zanesville is? Okay. I I do know where Zanesville is, right? <laughs> okay. In Duncan Falls at Cornerstone. Who's your lead pastor? Steve Harrop. Steve Harrop. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Well, we have special seat. We'll just bring you up front. No. Circleville. Okay. See, so you, you don't do very much then. It's like you're super busy. Wow. That's amazing. Cassie, what about you? Oh, good. Very fun. Well, good. So, um, what about you, Alexis? Uh, I'm the youth pastor. At what church? Uh, Kettering. Kettering. Oh, okay. All right. Good. In Kettering, Ohio, state. So, well, my name is Steve Brandon, and I have been serving Kyle for nearly two decades. So, I've been um, serving with Kyle, which is the Assemblies of God outreach into the universities. Uh, not just in Ohio, but around the world. Um, I'm the state director for Ohio, so I'm in charge of all the different ministries across Ohio. But then I'm also now the area director for the Great Lakes, and so I'm also over all the campus ministries in Michigan, in Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, and then here in Ohio. So uh, my wife and I, we started the Kiowa Group at Wright State University. In other, when I say Kiowa, the Christian College Ministry um, Pentecostal outreach on the campus at Wright State, uh, right in the beginning of the century. So 2001, I think we got on, on campus January January of 2002. And so we've served there for a long time. And then we also started another group at a private school at University of Dayton. And then we also started another group at Sinclair Community College. And so we've done all three aspects of schooling. Um, we've done a public, a private, and a commuter. And so, uh, I've, I've seen a lot. It's been fun. And 
there are processes to, to get on campus and there are processes to get you kicked off campus. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what the deal is. I've given you this because I'll talk a lot and I'll just show you. Like I have a bunch of little points, just little little dots that you'll probably want to write down because you won't remember all these. Um, you might remember some of them, but uh, hopefully you'll just jot down some, some trigger notes for yourself. But then also... In this booklet that I gave you, starting on page 17, is also a very good help. There, there's a lot of stuff in here that outlines also what you can do and, and challenges and stuff like that. So that starts at page 17 in this booklet. There's stuff important in the beginning, but honestly, I'd rather talk with you about it versus um, you just run with it. And so let me give you my name and my number in case, and my email, in case you want to send me an information or email or ask me questions, still Steve Brannan, Steve Brannan, B-R-A-N-N-A-N, and then my email is just Steve, Steve, S-T-E-V-E, at ohioxa.org, so Steve at ohioxa.org. So the course is called Expanding the Kingdom by Reaching Your Local Campus, and I'm hoping you already understand this, but why do we need to go to the campus? Um, I was near a church just recently, and the church parking lot touches the school. So you can't get any closer than the church touching the university. Um, I think it was Malone is my guess, but I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's right there. They touch. Students park in their parking lot and use their parking lot to go to class. And so why do we still, even, even that church, need to go to the campus? Well, uh, the majority aren't looking for church on a campus anymore. The students that are on campus aren't looking for a church. They're not looking for a community of believers. Most don't have that intrinsic sense of, it's Sunday, I should go to church. Did, who, who grew up with that mentality? I did. I grew up, it's Sunday, I should go to church. I'm supposed to go to church. Even non-Christians still felt that funkiness. That doesn't happen, especially with the students on the campus. And so when we talk about having a missional mindset and being on purpose going to them, it really is a missionary thought that you have to go to where the people need Jesus and interact with them there in their environment, connect with them versus just putting up a flashy sign or a flashy billboard. Uh, for late millennials and for early Gen Zers, a flashy uh, flyer, catchy phrase on a church marquee is not going to bring them into your church. It, they need you to go to them. Uh, it's interesting there's been there's a study actually people's church had a person do a study um pastor mike you probably saw saw some of this that that the spirituality in america people believe that they are more spiritual now than at the turn of the century they feel like they're more spiritual and yet the opposite is true in church membership the membership they don't feel like they're a part of a church that's gone down by 25 percent since the turn of the century and so while they think they're going like this, their actions speak otherwise. And so we need to have this long-term approach, a long-term vision of reaching people, um, not for the goal. How are you doing? Good. Made the entrance. <laughs> we need to have this. It's hard to find. I know that. So we need to have this long-term vision that may not put people right in your pew right away. And if that's your goal is I want to reach the campus so that I get more people in my church so that I can get more funding so that I can then then I would adjust I would adjust your thinking um, 
because they will be a blessing to the churches and they will expand the kingdom of God forward. Uh, it just may not happen right away. You've got to view ministry to, to students more like planting a tree than a bush. This is not a raspberry bush plant that, that in the next year or the year after that is going to be producing fruit. It's more like a tree. Uh, I planted several trees about four years ago in my, in my land knowing that I would eventually get pears and peaches and apples and cherries down the road. Cherries have finally started producing apples still. They're just little bitty ones, but I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I want to keep it growing and, until I get real apples. That makes sense? And so as you guys are thinking, what can I do on campus? You've got to have this long-term vision, this long-term plan of, I'm going to invest, and I'm not just going to invest in words, but with my feet, with my heart, with my, with my bottom sitting at the campus, doing stuff on the campus. So uh, with the long-term vision, it requires long-term effort, but man, long-term results. I was just in the mall um, with, with, a, with an intern of mine, so I'm doing discipleship coaching with him, and we went to the mall to eat a Chick-fil-A, because I mean... Every good discipler brings their disciple chick to Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen, a witness? So, so anyway, so there's a student there. There was a guy there that has, was a student in my ministry 15 years ago. He was the assistant manager of Chick-fil-A. His name is Jared McKinney. Um, he was in my group when we first started it at Wright State. And so it's always fun to see him. I, I talked to him. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And, hey, where are you going to church? I'm, I'm going to the Assembly of God Church in town. And... I was so encouraged because he has been there ever since he graduated my, my campus, my ministry. He's been at that church, and he's not just been attending and sitting there. I, he's been tithing. He's been giving to missions. I know because I asked him two days ago. I said, you're tithing, right? Yes, Pastor Steve. You're giving, right? Yes. So he's, he's in. So I just started thinking, what, how, much do I, how much do you think that he has given to the AG, to that church, to do missions and outreach over 15 years, faithfully tithing, it's a lot. And that's one person that got connected with the body of Christ and with the, specifically with the, with the Pentecostal ministry because we invested on, into his life on the campus. And so if you're just going for the fast fruit, then this may not be the best, best class. This may not be the best thing for you. This long term... Man, we can do some awesome things when we invest in people long term and they get going. So Jesus had a master plan of evangelism. Uh, Robert Coleman even wrote about it called The Master Plan of Evangelism. Who's read that book? It's a real fast read. I highly recommend it. It's like 93 pages. You can even get it off the Internet for free. Um, it's a PDF on the Internet. It's called Master Plan of Evangelism. And I think also Kyle is going to talk somewhat about that in the next session or the next one after that, I think this, the third session, um, we're all benefactors of that. His plan of evangelism, because we can all, he, he was investing himself into those who weren't even seeking him. They weren't looking for him, but they knew something was missing and they need something. The students on the campuses, they know there's something missing. They just need help finding the cure. I want to give you several tools um, that you can use depending on your commitment level, depending on your financial um, investment, your time allotment, um, how much help you have, either as staff on, on staff, as staff people working with you, uh, lay people in your church. It just depends on your level. And even that booklet I gave you also has five different elements and options of how much you can do depending on your commitment level. Does that make sense? And so um, I hear so many times 
because I'm the state guy, and so I'm around the state a lot, and I hear so many times from from pastors, good-hearted pastors, that they want to reach the campus, want to reach the campus. And usually I ask, have you been on campus? And almost all the time they say no. And that just tells me in my insides, you don't want to reach the campus. If you want to reach the campus, you go to the campus at least. At least walk around the campus. At least know where the student union is. Do you know where the gym is? Have you eaten in the cafeteria? If you don't eat there all the time, it's not that bad of food. If you eat there every single day, then it starts to get old. Just like, just like if you eat a Chick-fil-A every day, it starts to get old. Same thing. But so I, 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 I asked them that and that's, I want to give you some tips and pointers to say, let's start doing this. If we want to reach them, then it means we got to meet, be there with our feet and with our heart and with our prayers and all that stuff. All right. Sound good? You guys with me? Okay. So thanks, Mr. Buck. Appreciate it. First of all, I mentioned it already, but you need to walk the campus. You need to be on the campus. Walk the campus. The good thing is if it's a state school or commuter campus, you're completely allowed to walk the campus. You're completely allowed to be on the campus. If you're at a private school, usually private schools, typically the age group is much more tight. It's typically 18 to 22, 23. I look weird walking on the University of Dayton campus because it's clearly evident I'm not a student. Thankfully, we have a person working at the University of Dayton that still looks like he's 20 years old, Jay Seidler. And so he's able to walk, doesn't, doesn't bring, you know, flags up. But uh, on a private campus, you got to be careful about that. But on a public campus, walk it. Walk around. Um, find out where things are on the campus. Go into the buildings. Go into the science building. Go into the art building. Go into every building but dorms. Don't go into the dorms. <laughs> don't be creepy, all right? Don't, don't be that creepy lady or guy that's walking in the dorms. You, you will get, <laughs> hopefully you will get booted. So... Um, I'm just going to keep rifling through just because we only have an hour and I want also questions. Um, go eat lunch in the cafeteria. If they have a couple of cafeterias, go eat in both of them or all three of them or all four of them. Go eat lunch there. And don't just do it one time and say, look at that, I just did that check mark. You don't like it when people come to your church and go to prayer that you offer every week and they go once and they think, look, I went to prayer. It's like, no, it's, it's supposed to be like a community weekly thing that we connect and we all... Same idea. Go to campus Spend the five bucks and eat on campus multiple times. Just eat there. Um, interact with the cashiers. The, they're oftentimes student workers. So let them know what you're doing. Hey, this is my first time eating in the cafeteria since I was in college 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, however many years ago it was. Uh, I'm hoping I'm getting the best food. Is this the best food? Oh, no, that's not very good. But, but that other stuff, okay, next time I'm here, I'll, I'll get that. So interact with everybody that you you run into in a normal way, in a non-religious way, in a non-Christianese way, that you just talk like a normal person. That, that's, a, that's like a star asterisk. When you're on campus, talk like a normal person. All right? Um, look for opportunities when you're in, on campus eating at the cafeteria to sit with somebody. Typically, there's students there that are sitting by themselves. They're grabbing a quick lunch for a half hour, whatever. I recommend you look for someone that looks like they just sat down. Don't don't bring your food over and say, hey, can I sit with you? And they've already finished everything. They're all just packages or nothing left, and they're about to leave anyway. Because that just, they'll probably say no. All right? So I would encourage you just let them know, hey, can I sit here and eat with you? They'll say yes or no. If they say no, okay. If they say yes, you're in. Make sense? If you don't ask them, that's a guaranteed no. Right? If you don't try to sit with someone, then you're not going to get to interact with them. Um, introduce yourself. Let, you know, let them know who you are, what you're about. 
and I'll talk more about that on the verbiage and stuff later. Um, if you have students in your church that goes to the school that, that's right near your church, um, connect with them on campus. Here, you'll hear this a bunch of times, and I'm hoping that you get this. You bold it, underline, italicize it. On campus. Everything's on campus. When we try to reach the inner city, what do we do? We go to the inner city. We spend our time there. We spend our money. We spend our emotions there. We spend our, our, our prayer pushes on there, right? Same thing. This is, this is really a missional endeavor that you go there and you are part of that, min, that, that, um, community. So you're doing everything on campus. So you're asking any students that, that are in your church, how are you a part of it? You're a part of, uh, the school. And so that is already an in. And so I'll talk about that in a second. Um, Meet on campus, buy them a smoothie, buy them a coffee, have them show you around, have them show you their classes, where, if they live on campus, have them show you in the general, you know, that I live in that dorm. Be interested, ask questions, be curious. Right there, you're depositing points into their love bank of I, you matter, what you're doing here matters, and it's not just, just a project, that person's not just a project, it actually is going to create a form and a bond uh, that's going to impact further down the road. And so, um, same thing as far as find out anyone in your church that works there, faculty, staff, um, any parents or grandparents that have had kids or have kids right there right now uh, on the campus, uh, alumni that might have some sway or some understanding in how the school works. Uh, alumni are especially helpful because they've been there several years, and so they know, hey, if you're going to do something, the student union lady, she loves us, or she loves, she's a Christian, but not the student activities person. He's a flame and liberal, and da da da, you know, so, so you get some insight from faculty, staff, alumni, uh, so just start to learn. Along that vein as well, do your research. What, what are the, uh, what's the historical makeup of the campus? What's the numeric makeup of the campus? Any religious or spiritual history that has happened on the campus? It affects things. I think, I hope that most of you, uh, that, uh, that are on, most of you that are in a church, that you've done some type of investigation of your city. And what's the history of the city? And what's the makeup of, of the city and the people or the town? How many are calling themselves Christians? How many, um, what's, what's maybe a historical event? Like even Kent State with the shooting way back when, before half of us were born. Uh, that still impacts the city's relationship with the school at Kent State because of just the traumatic nature. And so there's, there's spiritual strongholds, but there's also God's blessings and promises on that school. I believe that over every school in Ohio, as well as in the Great Lakes, that people have been praying for those schools and they've been, they've had words, they've had visions, they've had prophecies about what God wants to do. And so if you can, you look into that. Find that stuff out because it will build your faith up. And then on the stronghold side, it gives you fodder to pray against. Speaking of praying, go and pray the campus. And this, I, honestly, I would do this in a separate, I mean, you'll obviously naturally pray just because, you know, you just talk to God. That's basically what prayer is. You're just talking to God a lot. And so if you're, I mentioned earlier, just go walk the campus. I'm sure you'll pray anyway. I mean, I know I would. Every time I go on a campus, I just say, God, do something. You got to do something. And I'll see a student walking and I'll sniper fire him with prayer. I'm like, God, touch that kid right there, you know. And so whatever. But go on campus and pray. And you'll be surprised the direction that God leads you. And he might, he might impress on you 
something happened here that that was oppressive or something happened there that was a spark that God wanted to do something but just it just didn't quite go and so as you're praying you're going to also connect your heart to the campus you're going to connect your heart to the students that are walking around the campus please don't be the crazy person walking around speaking loudly in tongues with students coming around you um but pray that God moves on the campus. Uh, pray that he, he shows you what you can do, what your church can do uh, to demonstrate his power. Start tearing down the strongholds. I, I prayed the University of Dayton, which is a, a Marianist Catholic school, uh, very religious. It's an older school. Uh, I prayed that campus for at least three or four years before any semblance of a crack was on that campus. I prayed it with walking. I used to have a motorcycle and it's on hills, which was, you know, like as a double good. And so anyone with a motorcycle, it's always fun to ride hills too. So I would ride up and down and just pray and pray and pray and pray, just breaking things off and just just developing a heart for the campus. Um, And that makes sense. You guys, who's gone on a mission trip before? Good. Lots of times when we bring students on mission trips, or we go on, all of a sudden, of the ten people that are going, nine of them feel called to that place. They're like, it's like, well, it's because you're here and investing in it and you're praying for it. You know, if we go somewhere next year that's a French-speaking country instead of Spanish-speaking, you'll feel called to that too. Just your heart starts to develop for wherever you're investing. And so if you're walking the campus and praying for the campus, your heart will grow for that place. It'll matter more to you. Um, this, yeah, since I've been doing this for nearly two decades, when I drive past a college, Worcester, I drive past the sign that says Worcester. I'm like, Lord, do something at Worcester. Do something. March Madness is coming up. When you see all those colleges, they all need a Pentecostal witness. They all need God to show up on that campus. I hope at least during March Madness, God will prick our hearts to say, pray for college campuses. Pray for students on the campus. Because... These late millennials, the Gen Zers, man, they're, they're, they're first of all setting the trend of where our culture is going, which some is, is sort of scary, of which way our culture is going, depending on if they're sold out for Christ or if they're sold out for themselves and um, all the stuff that goes with that. So, all right, next thing. Bring a book and read on campus. Are you getting an idea of being on campus? You can... Do research and learn something or even work on your sermon on campus. You don't have to be in your office. God actually might speak to you clearer if you're on campus. Out a little bit different environment. Go and sit in the cafeteria. Go sit in the union. Lots of places have just normal couches and normal places for people to hang out and sit there and work on your internet. Work on your sermon on the internet. Uh, The nice thing is nowadays we can hotspot our phones pretty easily and fairly cheaply if you need some research part to it for your sermons, go and just be available. And then when you're there, expect God to interrupt you. Look for God to interrupt you. Ask God would interrupt you. God, I'm, I'm here on campus. I'm reading this book. I, I need to get through chapter five. But would you interrupt me by having me run into someone that maybe I didn't even know attended there? Maybe... Uh, this person, I used to know their mom or their, I was friends with them and now their kids there. I mean, it's amazing if you just put yourself on campus, what God does. He really does set up divine appointments. He does bring people to you. And that's a lot easier to bring them to you if you're on campus than if you're in your church. Just so you know, 
We go to them, right? We don't say, hey, you student, come be a missionary. Come, come to my place on my ground. Talk like I want you to talk. Dress like I want you to dress. Behave like I want you to behave. And then we'll reach you. That's sort of them sort of being a missionary to us. We're missionaries. We're going to them. We're going to go on their turf. We're going to eat what they eat. We're going to talk with them on their place. We're, we're going there. Does that make sense? And so if you're reading a book, if you're working or a sermon, you're there on their turf. And then it is amazing how often you'll run into somebody that you didn't know was a part of the university or that I thought you left town. Oh, no, I'm back now. Oh, how's it going? And then... As you're interacting with them, you can still you still may need to get your sermon done. You still may need to read your book or whatever. Just say a real quick prayer. God, I'm investing in this person. Help me to do this easier. Help me to help me to have the time that it was going to take for me to do my sermon two hours. Cut it to one because I'm investing in people, people over paper. That Chi Alpha, that's what we talk about. That's what we do, people over paper. Because honestly, if I work on my sermon. Let's say I work on my sermon for five hours. Um, Kaffa, just in general, we, we do main services on campus during the night sometime. Monday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, whatever. So let's say I'm, I'm preaching. We also do worship. We do prayer. We do everything that church does, but on a campus. Even my best sermon that might take me four or five hours to, to prepare with the slides and all that stuff, um, they might remember it two days later. I might remember it four days later. True, right? But if I instead spend two or three hours on a sermon, and it's not amazing, but it's expressing my heart, but I spend the other two hours with people on the campus investing in them, they'll remember that. Especially if I buy them a smoothie. Especially if I buy them a piece of pizza. Especially if I buy them these really yummy, cheesy things that are right to say. I mean, they'll remember that. They'll remember where we sat. They'll probably remember what we talked about. Especially if I'm asking them questions and I'm not just just leading and just, you know what I mean? Being strong and religious, but I'm, I'm, I'm re- being reverse mentored is what it's called. Earl Kreps wrote a book called Reverse Mentored. Um, Earl Kreps is older than me. He's done Kafa for years and it's just, it's brilliant. And it speaks the language of today's uh, millennials and Gen Zers of, I don't know everything. I need to learn stuff from you too. And if you come to them as a learner, then they might be more apt, not might, strike that from the record, they will be more apt to learn from you. If you if they feel like it's a, it's a both-way street, and the truth is, it is a both-way street. It is a two-way street. All right, you guys good? Yes, no, I've already... Earl Kreps, E-A-R-L Kreps, C-R-E-P-P-S, I think is how you spell his last name. I mentioned that just expect God to do something, expect him to interrupt, um, Interact with people as if they're God's divine appointment. In other words, value them, focus on them, cherish them. Um, and then when you're interacting with people, obviously we don't want to be antagonistic or defensive. We just want to be uh, loving and interested in them. All right. Um, here's another thing. Find out when the school has student fairs. Um, Almost every school has a fall fair and a, and a spring fair. And then depending on who's in your church, I already mentioned if there are any students or if they're faculty staff, um, 
you can either go that way and see if they can get a table. But if not, oftentimes they'll sell you a table. They're happy to take your money. And it's worth the investment. Usually it's very little. It's, it might be a hundred bucks. Uh, when we first got to Dayton, um, as missionaries, my wife and I, we had no kids. We had no students. We had nothing. And so I found out when the fair was. It was called Fall Fest. And this is before we were even released on campus. We got officially on campus in January, but the fall is a prime time because students are there still wide-eyed, still looking, what can I do? What can I get involved with? So, so fall is an ex- excellent time. It's not the only time, but it's an excellent time. And so I talked to a local church, um, Gospel Temple, and said, hey, I want to do a table. And we were still raising our budget, and they said, well, we'll pay for it. And so I went on campus. We weren't associated with anything. We paid the table fare or fee, and we set up a table. And so look into that. Buy a table, and then at the table, I highly recommend you don't just do giveaways because they just take your, take your stuff that costs you money, then they're rarely grateful, <laughs> and they just leave. I mean, I, I, I learned my lesson, so just trust me. You can give away stuff, but don't go crazy. Don't be like spending a lot of money. I bought one time, I bought a ton, like 500 air fresheners that go in your car. Um, I said, cough, I thought it was the most brilliant thing. People just walk up, how are you doing? How are you doing? You know what I mean? They, they don't care. And granted, I did see him later swinging in people's cars because I made him a good smell. And it said Kyle on one, XA on one side and Kyle on the other side with our website. But even that, that investment, it didn't really matter. Um, I, I went, um, I got a bunch of shaving cream thing. I built a huge pyramid. It was all free to me anyway. And so that was fine. Anything that you get free that's good and it's going to meet a need is great. Um, but overall, do a table that's interactive. You need your table to actually interact with them. For example, do a question of the day. So that means you have to have a whiteboard or something or a sticky pad note or something on the table and you're drawing the students in to ask them something interesting or something that is that they might be interested. What's your favorite candy bar? We're taking a poll. So you're there. Hey, what's your favorite candy bar? Milky Way. Okay, he's going with Milky Way. He's not quite sure, but we're right in Milky Way. Hey, what about you? What's your What's your favorite candy bar? Oh yeah, Butterfinger. Okay, who's in Butterfingers? Me too. I love Butterfingers. So Butterfingers. That's gonna get a. So you're just interacting, right? It has no value other than I care about you. I'm listening to you. I'm connecting to you. So do a question of the day or a quiz challenge. Do a hard quiz and and have circled answers or something where they come over and instead, I wouldn't write Butterfinger actually, or I wouldn't write Milk Way. I'd say, hey, you know, you're walking past your student. You, you, there's so much activity on student fairs. It's hard to really focus because there's stuff on both sides. And so you've got to be a little bit more proactive. We never sit at the table. Please never sit down. Okay. You're the missionary. You're the purpose. You're the person trying to reach people. We're always out in front of our own table. They always give us chairs. We always laugh at them. It's like, we're never going to use those. So we usually put all our junk on the chairs and stick them underneath the table. But we're like, hey, what's your, what's your favorite candy bar? Huh? Favorite candy? Do you like candy, right? Yeah, Butterfinger. Hey, write it up there. And I give them the pen. And they write Butterfinger. And then if it's, if they're totally like just zoned out, they just don't want it, then they move on. No big deal. There's 5,000 more students coming on the way. Right? I'm just going to talk to whoever is, we call them people of peace, people that are open, people that want some type of a relationship, some type of interaction. So, but it, it requires effort on your part. 
Why'd you put Butterfinger? What about, do you like the fruity stuff? Because I like fruity stuff. I do. I like Skittles, Starburst, Mambas, Now and Laters. You know, so anybody, those that's more your treat? Okay. All right. We're seeing eye to eye, sister. So I would just interact with them and talk with them about that. And oftentimes they're like, who are you guys or what are you about? And so then you're talking. Uh, question of the day, quiz challenge. Um, you can do a coordination challenge or coordination something. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a written thing. It'd be a, can you get this into that right here? And so then they're working on it or they're interacting. And meantime, you're talking with them. Okay. So I would highly recommend you get a table to, to interact with students. And then you have a sign up sheet saying, Hey, we're looking at starting up a, a Bible study or starting a community on campus that's based around Jesus. And you, when I talk to people, it's not a canned speech. It's whatever comes to me. Whoever they are, whatever, if they're wearing a hoodie that's still over their head, then I might say, hey, we're doing a thing. Um, I might say something like, hey, I've been helping college students have successful careers for about 20 years. And I'm, that's what I'm doing, a coach and mentor. So are you up for that? And maybe I'll connect with that person, right? If, if I see a person that has like Jesus is the best, better than the rest, you know, then, then I'll say, hey, we're starting a Bible study here on campus. It's powerful. Uh, we believe in powerful God, so we want to see a powerful group. So it just depends on who's coming up to the table. I'll interact with them, and we get their name and their number and their email. Same thing. That's very simple that you can do. We did that our very first year. We got 50 names. I said, don't sign up unless you're actually interested. I, like, dissuaded people because there's so many people. I don't want to just chase down a bunch of rabbits. I want to actually try to do something. So um, success is not getting them to sign up. That's just part of it. Like, sign up on the Butterfinger or sign up or try to do the challenge. Success is getting the information so that you can call them or talk to them. And better yet, if you can, possibly, you say, hey, um, tomorrow I'll be on campus again in the in the cafeteria. I hope, you know, if you want to stop by, it'd be great. Or what, does that make sense? So you're, you're trying to set up the next thing. That's what we do a lot. Uh, how many times does it hit, take you to hit a, a nail into the piece of wood? There's one. Make sure it's driven in first because if they nick it sometime, they go, whing! You know, anybody? But like how many hits can it take you to do? Um, how fast can you screw a screw into a, into a piece of wood? Um, we've done just like popping balloons. And so you buy one sheet of four by eight plywood, lean it against it, put a bunch of balloons up, and just something that will interact with them. Um, you've got to be creative. The fun thing is, and I tell our couple people, I'm not convincing them. I just, we just celebrate. We have the best job because we get to be super creative, have a ton of fun, make things up, try to make them interactive and cool and fun. If they're not, we think that stunk and try again. So, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sitting down behind a table with a bunch of books out in front of you. Even with candy. They get this, they'll just grab the candy and keep going. Because this generation is trained to be calloused with their, with their heart. They don't feel any obligation to interact with you. Or they think it's there. You want it for us. I'll take it. They don't care 
to stop and say thank you. Some do, but most doesn't matter. They just like the Twizzlers, so they just grab the Twizzlers and keep going. Or the two-pack of star, um, Starbursts. So, yeah, sitting behind the table is the super no-no. So, uh, yeah, was that good enough? Yeah, I said that. So you want to try to get their name, their phone number, and their email. And then just from that, then you want to just write an email to them that you probably could have it already pre-written predominantly and then just put their name in it. Um, but you want to send it to them like that night or very, very soon after. Hey, glad you stopped by the table. You sign up for information for our, our small group Bible study or for whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, just want to let you know when it is, where it is. Bring a friend. So this, there's a balance between attractional and missional. You want to be attractive. You want to do things and offer it very with excellence, but you need to go get them. Um, so you don't want to do a ton of, hey, we're over here, come over here. Hey, come, come over here. You, you don't want to only have the stuff that you're doing on campus of a, you come here, but it's you go there. You go and, like I said, sit and eat with someone. They weren't trying. You go there. You do the table with the fair. You can also get a table every week on campus. Almost all campuses will still um, let you buy a table and just do a question of the day. We did a question of the day every single week for about six years on campus. To people would then, and we'd move around different spots on campus, and they would look for us on Tuesdays because they liked answering the question of the day. And it's just, what's your favorite movie star? Who's your favorite um, superhero? If you could do be a superhero, who would you be? I mean, just anything, anything that's not a yes or no. Um, but then also, because we developed a typical relationship or, or just a consistency, our question would be, we would intermix it with, how do you get to heaven? How do you avoid hell? Who is Jesus to you? I mean, um, I would make it a point, especially not the very first table-ish, but once we've done it multiple times, my goal was to say Jesus, or more. my goal was to talk about Jesus, if at all possible, to whoever came up to our table. One, it broke any fear of man off of me. And two, at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. And, and things can be broken in the spirit realm, so I say Jesus a lot. I talk about Jesus a lot. So, but the, this, the question of the day is just to get them to the table to stop. Once they stop, they're writing down Wonder Woman. I said, hey, have you ever heard of, for us, so I said, hey, have you ever heard of Kaiapha? No. We're a Christian group on campus. We think Jesus is amazing. We think um, everyone needs to know him or something, however it goes. Does that make sense? All right. Let me fly through the rest, and then we'll do Q&A. What time is it? How are we doing even? 10.48. Oh, we have till 11.15. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I said you don't need giveaways. You need interaction. Let them know you're starting a group, small group on campus to challenge students to live for something larger than grades and themselves. Um, depending on God, it's amazing when we step out, just like on mission trips, when we step out, God answers us. He, he brings people. He, he does connect us to people. And so if you're putting yourself out there in the cafeteria or sitting, reading a book and then doing your sermon, you might see this other professor or this other student sits right there every time. And so on your fourth time there, your third time there, you 
leave your computer and say, hey, I, I sit here every Tuesday working on a talk. You don't need to call it a sermon because you don't know where they are. Working on a talk every every week. I see you sitting here. What, do you have a class after this? Yeah, I, I come to class from 9 o'clock and then I have anything to do for three hours until this. Nothing to do. That should trigger you. You go, bing, bing, bing. That means I can talk to them. Right? And so you talk. Don't over talk. You don't overstay your welcome. So glad to meet you. Um, hey, I'm going to go work on my talk still. Maybe I'll see you next week. All right. Then you go work on your talk. It's just little baby steps in a relationship. And so that's just, just examples, ideas. Um, moving on. A lot of schools have gyms. Think about getting a gym membership there on the campus versus at the Y or at the, the Purple Place. The, what's that place that they don't judge? Yeah, Planet Fitness where they don't judge you. So, unless you work out. Okay. <laughs> and make grunting sounds when you're pushing up the bar. Um, usually gym memberships at schools are very reasonable. And God, again, you're just putting yourself on campus in a position to meet people. And you may connect uh, predominantly to teachers or pastors. Students work out in there too, but they probably won't interact with you that much unless you need a spot. Then, hey, would you spot me? And I don't know. I mean, some people might want to do free weights. Other people do do machine weights. But um, most likely, you might interact with professors in there that they're off. And so you never know what God's avenues, what avenue God's going to choose to do stuff on your campus. All right, moving on. Um, at the same time, you're speaking vision to your church. You're telling them stories. So you're on Sunday, you're preaching, and you say, hey, just want to tell you a story. I was over at our at our local campus, our local university, uh, and I ended up meeting John. And man, John, his age, his ears were gauged, you know, and and you know, and and he was such a nice guy, and he had tattoos. And turns out that he was from a background, you know, just just basically you're visionizing your people one to be evangelistic, to be out there, to be uh, outside of your comfort zone. You're telling them also that you do more than just work on your sermons all week and then give it on Sunday. You actually are doing something as well. And and if you continually just throw out vision week after week, they'll start to see, oh, my pastor is committed to the community. My pastor is committed to the local the local campus. He's He or she is in it. They're going for it. They're in it to win it. Does that make sense? So um, you keep speaking vision of your church, of your desire to impact the campus. Moving on, walk, in, walk around, especially in the union, and look at the billboards. Look what they have stuck up. Look at the flyers. Um, read them. Find out about what's going on on the events on campus. One, it'll it'll tell you the general idea of what's going on. Uh, it'll give you the general feel. Is this campus way more liberal? That every poster is transgender prom. Um, what's the one that I was just on up at Tri C? It was basically a, a fashion show for, for where they dress the opposite sex, transvestites. I mean, big, nice flyer, and you know, it's like, oh, okay. The thing is, we're in the world, and the, if you're always only in your church, then you're, you're, you may not realize what the world is actually celebrating. So when you go and you look at these billboards, and you see right next to the transvestite um, dress show, you'll see... A Christian flyer too, and students are just as fine with everything. They, they've been taught tolerance. The thing is, tolerance is is a start, but it's no comparison to love. And that's what Jesus is, and that's what we have to offer is love. Tolerance is like I'll just 
put up with you and and we'll just be let bygones be you got bygones so uh hold on a second robert and then i'll then i'll get you when you're looking at this stuff one remember i mentioned that you're going to pray for your campus it gives you more stuff to pray for and this hopefully you already know this but when you pray pray concise prayers it's one thing to say god touch the campus but if you're reading about this thing of um transgender prom you could say, and God, would you make it so that the lights don't work, the sound doesn't work, the music is screwed up, the, the floor is wet because of humidity. Would you make that thing miserable? Would you make, you know what I mean? You can pray that way. We're allowed to. We're talking to God. We're talking to our dad about something that breaks his heart. And so those prayers, there's a little more power. And then you can actually see when God answers them. Later on, uh, you read in the paper, you notice that something, for example, there was a person that was on Wright State when we first got there that hated Christians. That was a big fat pain in the butt. And so we just prayed her out. We just, and so six months later, she was gone. And so we knew God answered that prayer. And we didn't pray these little fluffy duffy prayers. We were like, get rid of her. You know, get her off our, get her off our campus. Get her off my campus. I owned it. You know why I owned it? Because I walked it a lot. That's why I owned it. Not because I saw it a lot or drove past it a lot. That's not mine yet until I walk it. Your home is your home because you're paying money into it and you live there and you do stuff there. So that's, that's how I feel about our campuses. I'm on that campus. That's my campus and that person's an intruder and they're screwing up the things that Jesus wants to do. And so this is spiritual warfare and I'm going to win because greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. And that person is in the world and so I either get him far away and, you know, so pray concise prayers versus broad sweeping ones that you don't even know if he's answered. How do you know if he's answered them if they're so broad? Um, when you're visionizing your church and you're finding out stuff, please be careful and cautious of what you share with your church. You may not want to share there's a transgender prom thing with your church. They might not be ready to hear that. You can just say, boy, church, I was on the campus like I always am. You see how that's a good thing? You're feeding in, you're seeding it to saying, because they may never go to the campus, but you're saying, I'm about the, my father's business at all times. And so you're speaking, you're discipling, you're speaking into your church parishioners. Look for opportunities to, to interact with the world, not worrying about being stained by it because God is going to protect you and strengthen you. Here's a side note. You notice how in the Old Testament, um, people weren't allowed to touch dead people Right and, they, and or anything unclean, da, 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 da. and because what happens? They become unclean, right? And they become, well, then you jump forward to Jesus, and he gets touched by the, the woman that had been bleeding for a long time, 12 years, I think it was. What happened? Did he become unclean? No, she became clean. That's the power that resides in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to worry about that we're going to be unclean. Don't be stupid and go to, you know, you're not encouraging your parishioners and all that stuff to go to a nudie bar or to a, to a place that's, you know, I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to go to a I mean, that would be stupid. But we don't have to fear the world because the Lord can direct us and guide us, especially if I go with Ron, who's going to keep me accountable. We're going to go for it. Speaking of, when you're doing this stuff, if at all possible, do it with someone else with you. One of our mantras for students in Kaifa is with me. Bring people with you. So it's not just you doing the Lone Ranger stuff, which might be great, but wouldn't you rather train up someone else and how they can do it too? And then you encourage them, hey, next time you go to campus, 
Who can you bring? That's a different way than saying, will you bring someone? Who can you bring is a leaning forward question of, I'm expecting this to happen and it'll be a good thing because next time I go to campus, I'm going to grab this person and we're going to go, okay? So jumping all the way back, when you're talking about what you've done on the campus to your, to your church or to your youth or to whoever you're talking about, hey, I was on campus the other day like I always am and man, I saw some, some of those billboards. Holy cow, church, they broke my heart. They need Jesus. They're confused. They're, they're lost without a, a shepherd. They need Jesus. That's plenty. That gives them the clue. You don't need to say, I saw this poster and it talked about, you know what I mean? You don't need to describe it. You got to be wise, just like you're wise with uh, sharing different things with different age groups. Right? Same idea. Make sense? Okay, now, did you forget or you got it? Um, probably not. They do send out stuff, but they usually send it to students that have a registered account that is like alexis at osu.edu or, you know, something where it's like that. Um, at the end, I'm going to talk one more thing. I even have it written down here of RSOs. And so I'll remember that because that's important. RSO is a registered student organization. Because that's, that's a goal of yours. I'll just talk about it now. Because if you can get to a, to be an RSO, Registered Student Organization, then a lot of things open up. Uh, you're allowed to, to operate more, f- more freely, have more events, have more things that, that students can come to. Things are free. Uh, it's funny, I was talking in Tanzania uh, to a person that says, well, they're saying that I'm not in charge of a church. And I said, well, if you mean by church being a building, well, my building has three racquetball courts, uh, uh, two basketball courts, a pool. We have, you know, we have 13 buildings. We have, so, so if we're talking about a church building, then I, I'll take my church building over everybody's church building. Um, if we're talking about churches in the body of Christ, then yes, because my body of Christ is larger than the average church size in Ohio. So, um, we preach, we baptize people in the school pool, we do everything. So if you can become an RSO, then you can do a lot of stuff and you can truly own it emotionally and you can, you can check out that room, like you can sign up to have that room and do all sorts of fun stuff. And so that's your goal and that, that also is laid out in here, in this thing. So that will help in here. Make sense? Um, I sort of said this, but be on campus on a fairly regular, same general area, like fairly regular in the same general day or time, um, consistently. And then you can then switch that consistently to another day to run into different people, right? But do that on a regular basis. Um, consider having your one-on-ones with your staff. Um, if, if for your lead pastor, he wants to meet with you once a week or once every other week, you say, hey, pastor, can this week, can we meet on campus? What? Can we meet on campus? Why? Because there's life. It's fun. It's not in your office. You can't yell at me. I mean, just whatever it is. So, so, but just do your stuff. You can have your one-on-ones with your staff on campus. Um, walk around on campus versus in your church or at Panera or Starbucks. Use their electricity. And then buy, like if you're a lead person, 
buy your staff something on that campus. Or if you're, not, if you're a youth person, buy your lead pastor something on the campus. Make sense? Just be on campus. And so there's nothing holy or special about being in a, in a pastor's office to talk about something. You can talk about something on campus. And there are places on campus that are more private. You're still in the open. But if I was sitting there with Ron over there talking, we can still talk about serious things while everyone's walking around. You know what I mean? But there, but you're there, so people start to recognize you. They'll start to see you, especially if you don't look like you're 19 to 22. They'll start to see, Mike, if you're there, they'll see, I wonder if that guy's a new professor. And so God will do something, and a student will come up and say, are you a new professor? And you'll say, well, I like to teach people. but And, and you just be you, and you talk to them how God leads. But it won't happen if you're there once every never or every super rare that idea. Um, when you're there, expect to be interrupted. And by this, now I'm saying, um, you're open to interruption. Look, be on the lookout of how God would have you interact with someone. In other words, um, things that you might have in common or that you like. They're wearing, uh, they're wearing a sweatshirt from a different school that they're at. I'll just use the usual ones. Like they're at Ohio State, but they're wearing a, sh- a sweatshirt from University of Cincinnati. If I was interacting or if I was there, I'd say, wow, that's pretty bold to wear a UC shirt. How come you're wearing a UC shirt here at OSU? Oh, well, my brother went there. And, oh, you have an older brother? You know, and so you just it, look for ways that you can interact with people. Um, what they're wearing, I was, I was at OSU speaking of, and I was just finished talking, doing our main meeting, and I was just walking back to my car. And, the, and as I'm walking, there's a guy with the Cavs shirt on. And so I'm walking next to him because they're everywhere. Students are everywhere. And I said, but this is my personality. It might not work with you. But I said, I said, so are you a, a true fan of the Cavs or are you a bandwagon fan? And he's like, oh, man, I'm in. And so I said, I love the Cavs too. And so we're walking. I walked like three blocks with this guy talking about the Cavs. And eventually he says, why are you here? Because obviously I'm not the same age. And I said, oh, I just got done talking to a bunch of students about Jesus. I do it every, or they have a meeting every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And so it's called Kaifa. So I'm not going to push. I see then, is he biting or not? Right, and so even if it doesn't go any farther on Christ by the, except for what I just said, that little two sentence, God will work in his heart. The Holy Spirit will remind him. He'll, the Lord we can trust will say, "Hey, remember that that guy that met you and ran into you, and he talked about it three months ago, and now you're struggling with your girlfriend. You don't know what to do. What was that thing called? Chialpo? Uh, something, something Christian. It's on Thursdays, and then they have a sign that they can see easily. Does that make sense? But I just saw his shirt." That's it. And I was already tired because I just spent, you know, when you preach, it's tiring. So I was already tired, but I'm still open to be used. Until I'm all by myself in my car driving home, if there's a Cavs guy there, if there's, if there's a, you know, different t-shirt or sweatshirt or whatever. So you're just looking for stuff. You're always, and you'll get better and better at it. I can have a conversation with anybody and it doesn't need to stay on the surface because eventually will connect in the, I value you because you like the Cavs, I like the Cavs. Are you like a super Cavs fan or a LeBron fan? LeBron, dude, I got the stats on LeBron. He's 27 right now, 27, 8.4 and 9 assists. And so, which is true. That's exactly what he is. And so, but they might be into that too. And so they're like, dude, so now we're already friends because he likes what I like. Um, what books are they having in their hands? Uh, what, maybe they might be carrying some sports equipment. They might have a tattoo or two or three. They might have, they might, whatever area that you can use to interact with people and connect with people. All right? Make sense? 
anything that will provide an opening to start a conversation. When you do have a conversation, tell them your desire, your intent to coach, your intent to coach, to mentor, to disciple. Um, again, it depends on where they are, how much Christian-y talk you use. Um, I've said multiple times, I just, I'm on campus to help people have their best college career ever. I know it's when they connect with Jesus. And when, depending on how our interaction further along goes, then I will introduce that. If it's still for, if it's like, this clearly is not a person that knows Christ at all, then I still will say, I still will say Jesus at some point, just because there's power in his name. Um, but I won't overload it and make him think like, okay, I'm done with that guy. Does that make sense? Um, darn, I had a thought about that. Uh, maybe it'll come back to me. Hmm? It's always hard to know where that line is. Well, I always want to leave them wanting more. Um, I want them to, like, I'll go out on campus with someone, and we go two-by-two two witnessing, because Jesus sent them out two-by-two, two, so we go out two-by-two. Two. If it's in the Bible, we try to do it. And so, I mean, we tried walking water, it didn't work. But anyway, so um, we go out, and my goal is once we're done, that we've shown them honor, respect, we've spoken truth, and we we lead them one step closer, one step more. The angle scale is what was talked about in Tanzania. Um, one step closer to Christ. I don't want to shove it down their throat where they're like, holy cow. Even if I go up to this guy and said, hey, my name's Steve. This is Alexis. We're going around talking to people about their views on God. You got a minute? He's like, no. I'm like, all right. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. What are you studying? Oh, this. All right. Well, is it a test or something? Yeah, it's a test. It's coming up. All right. Hey, we'll pray for you. All right. Thanks. And I leave. Even that will speak volumes in him. Whoa, that guy just tried to talk to me about God or about Jesus. And, and I said, no, any of, he said, okay. He didn't push. That's a win. Even though he said, no, that kid wasn't going to think about God that day at all. And so now he goes back and he goes to his dorm mate or his roommate or whatever and said, hey, you'll never guess what happened. This bald guy and some other guy came up to me and wanted to talk about Jesus. And now, they're having a conversation in the dorm back with the Holy Spirit guiding it because maybe his roommate is a backslidden Christian. Oh, yeah, what'd you do? I said, no. Why? Well, because I had to stay over the test. I wonder what they're about. I don't know. I didn't give them time. Huh. You know what I mean? So, so the Holy Spirit can do stuff if we just introduce a little bit of him on a constant, regular basis. All right. Last two things, and then and then we'll do Q and A stuff. Um, please don't wear a suit or a tie. Just wear jeans, t-shirt, dress in accordance like you're on a mission field. You know, sweatshirt. It's always funny though when people come back from like Mexico or Peru or whatever. They wear these outfits. That's like the people there don't wear those. <laughs> just wear what just wear what people wear, and still be you. Like don't like sag your pants and be all all cool. If if that's not you, don't be don't do that. All right. But, but just, just dress in accordance with normalness. And then please don't introduce yourself as pastor. Some of you may be used to saying, I'm pastor so-and-so. Don't do that. You've just caused them to step two or three steps backwards from you, emotionally and connectedly. Because they, you might be the best pastor in the world, but they, their understanding of pastor means manipulative, a bigot, a hater, a homophobe, a, all these things that CNN or any other news source says that you are. 
I set out way long ago because I told my students um, early, I said, I don't want the title pastor to define me. I want to redefine what a pastor is. Give me that chance. So my students know when we're in public, please don't call me Pastor Steve. That screws up everything. Because now this girl and this girl, they're, they're from a church that the pastor was abusive and stole money. I've lost them. Can't talk to them. They're, they're like, nope, talk to the hand. Get away. But if they find out later, two times later, he's a pastor? It just confused them because what they know as pastor is not what I'm demonstrating. So when you're introducing yourself, just use your normal name. Tim. You know, just like before you were, you were, had that certificate. All right? Um, last thing is most campuses also have an international office. And that's more typical for older people to go into international offices than just on campus in general. And so it's, you can go into the student union, but student unions and schools want everything to be organically raised. In other words, they want students to start groups. They don't want an outside entity to come on and make a group happen. That gets them nervous. Um, so in order to do that, because we want to start a group on campus, and we want to eventually become a registered student organization, an RSO, in order to do that more effectively, actually, because they don't want every church from the neighborhood trying to start a Bible study on the campus. And so that's why Chi Alpha is a good umbrella, because if you as join with the umbrella of Chi Alpha, which is a nationwide organization, they're a lot more apt to say okay to that than First Assembly, Second Assembly, Assembly New Life, Assembly Finally New Life. I mean, they don't want five groups on the campus and the nice thing is that Chi Alpha through is Pentecostal, which is rarely on a campus. They don't need duplicate student groups. They don't want duplicate student groups. But 6% of the population worldwide is Pentecostal. That's what, our, that's what we push. So we're guessing this campus of 5,000 has probably 300 Pentecostals on it. I don't know if that's accurate, but is that the right number? 5,000 plus 500. Yeah. So... I don't know if that's accurate because it's 6% of the world. We use that as a benefit, maybe not in your town or in your city, but it says that there are people on your campus that need our larger national organization's structure. So that's how we approach it. That's how I'd encourage you to approach it um, versus just your local church. Um, but So that was a bonus. Um, go to the international office and ask if they offer friendship families. That's mostly what they call them or just American families. Um, because the universities are committed to having their internationals enjoy not just the school, but the community. And they want their internationals to interact with Americans. The thing is, Americans, we don't like to interact with internationals. We like to have our own American stuff, and we just live here. Uh, less than 25% of international students ever step foot into an American home. They come over here four, five, six years, and they never go into an American's home. Less than 25%. So we can say it the other way. More than 75% never go into a home. That's horrible. Jesus brings the nations to us, and we don't even have them in for dinner, which other nations, dinner's like like the no-brainer first step. So we can definitely have them in. So anyway, so you go in, ask if they have friendship families, if they offer that, and do you need families? Especially if you're part of a church, um, then remember you've been visionizing your church. And so 
one week you say, hey, just want to give you an update. I was over on campus like I always am, or, or like I have been recently or multiple times or whatever. And I went into the international office and asked about friendship families, which are just American families that host, that love on an international student or two every now and then. And I said that, that I'm sure that we as a church could do it, probably offer at least three or four families. So um, my wife and I, were going to do it. And who else would join us in just hosting an international every now and then? And that means that you're going to invite them, not just your family, but if you're going to go to a baseball game, they may never have been to a baseball game. You invite them and pay for their ticket to the minor league baseball team that's near you. Or you invite them even to uh, your grandson's basketball game. Or you invite them to to something that you're doing. Or you're going to go for a walk or a hike. And you invite, it's just, it's as much or as, as little as you want to do. But you're just interacting with them. In that interaction, things are going to happen. I'm, I used all those examples because I've done all those examples with internationals in my home and with us. We've gone on walks and hikes in the cold, and he didn't have a jacket worth beans because he's from. they were from India, three of them. And I'm like, you guys are freezing, aren't you? They're like, oh, no, we're okay, Steve. <laughs> so, but I didn't have anything else because we met there, and I didn't know that they were going to bring basically like nothing to wear. So... Anyway, um, so you invite them to that. We've had internationals to our Thanksgiving. We've got to be so, we've got to stop being so protective of our personal family time. And let's, let's break that mold a little bit. And so pretty much every Thanksgiving we have between three and five people that are not a part of our family at our Thanksgiving. Whether they're internationals, uh, a, a lady that, that my wife's, Mom met at a grocery store that had nowhere to go. She invited him over, so she came over. We had a lady come on on vacation for a week with us because she didn't have any people in her life. So we said, come with us. And so she did. I mean, please don't be so protective of your family because your family's so good, more people need to see it than just you. And so the international side of things, you invite them to Christmas and you give them a present. You invite them to Thanksgiving and you don't make them go first through the line. They don't know what to do. They don't know what food to get. They might think, oh, I'm supposed to get a ton of, of this one thing. And it's like, that's just the topping for this other thing. And You know what I mean? N- don't have them go first. They don't know what to do. Have them go right after you and say, hey, I'll show you what to do. Because they're nervous, because they've never seen a spread of ridiculous food that, that's so bland. And they're used to spicy, enjoyable food, and it's like, blah. You know, and so at the end of it, have Tabasco or have other seasons. Ha- Does that make sense? And I think as you do this more, it gets it. You'll get better at it, and it's just more fun, because you're just like on a mission trip. Don't you love going? Because you feel expanded. You're like, oh, I feel more cultured. I feel more knowledgeable, more experienced. Well, they'll do that in your own home, and inevitably Jesus will come up. One more thing: the beautiful thing about friendship families is it's not age dependent. You can do it, and you can do it, and you can do it. Everyone can do it because one, internationals way better than Americans respect age. And they honor age. And so that's, that's another easy way to get into the university. Versus normal Americans in college, they're not like, oh, you're older, I'm going to honor you. They think that we've, we, I'm, it's me too, um, are not as intelligent or not as quick or not as whatever, and they, they discount us. But internationals, it's actually a huge breath of fresh air. So, yes, sir. Yeah, IFI. Mm-hmm. 
Praise the Lord. And Chi Alpha's worked with IFI. Uh, and don't you sometimes work with IFI, Robert? No? Okay. You do stuff with Jewish outreach, but at OSU also, right? Okay. Okay. So we do work with IFI, but we also have a thing through Chi Alpha. It's called XAI, Chi Alpha I, and it's international. Actually, Crystal Martin, she's here for the rest of the this synergy. Um, she's in charge of Kafa nationwide, Kafa International. So, so you getting the the gist? Man, it's eleven seventeen now. That means I have to be done. Ha- yeah, it would be hard to do that, but yeah. Hey, last thing, and then we got to go. Um, I would encourage either if you're a presbyter or if you're friends of the presbyter, invite them to have the presbyter meeting on campus. All right, so that's the idea. Just get them on campus. You can still, you can rent a room and pray in tongues, out loud, in the room. That's fine. Go for it. So, all right. I, I didn't realize it jumped, that last half hour jumped faster than I thought, so I didn't get to the questions, so I apologize, but you have my email. Thanks for everyone for coming. appreciate it.